Good evening. Yes. I'm fairly new at practicing, but um, I know a couple of times you've mentioned dullness in, in meditating, and I wonder if you could explain what that means and what's the opposite of it. Ah, yes. I would be pleased to do that. It's a very good thing to be aware of. Could you repeat your question? Yes, I'll repeat the question. The question is if, if I could say something about what dullness is and what is the opposite of dullness. And uh, the opposite of dullness is fully conscious awareness or, or more conscious awareness. So to explain, we are aware of all kinds of things. But if you reflect, you know, sometimes you are very fully aware of something, and other times you're just sort of barely aware of, of something. Or it could be at the same time. You're focused on one thing, and you just have uh, a relatively indistinct awareness of something else. So it's obvious that the, the quality of our awareness uh, can involve greater intensity, greater vividness, greater clarity uh, at any given time. And of course, just as with our eyes, whatever we're looking directly at is what we're most aware of. So if we just, for the moment, and for the sake of this discussion, let's disregard the fact that you can be very aware of one thing and, and relatively unaware of something that's in the periphery. Let's just Let's just reflect a little bit on how aware we are of those things that we're actually paying attention to. And you know that sometimes you are very strongly, very, very highly consciously aware of something. And the obvious examples of that, something that is uh, potentially dangerous, you'll be very aware of. Or something that is potentially uh, very beneficial to you, like, uh, you know, uh, you drop the $100 bill you're holding and the breeze starts to blow it down the sidewalk. You're very aware, right? <laughs> but then there are those other times when our awareness is much weaker than that. And we realize there's sort of a spectrum that on one end is where we are very fully aware of something. And as we get towards the other and this is where we call what we call dullness. Uh, that uh, the there is less clarity, less distinctness, uh, and uh, you know, and that happens, of course, when we're when we're tired. Uh, it happens when we're falling asleep, so on and so forth. Um, so what we, if you imagine the spectrum, and at one end is being fully consciously aware, absolutely just as fully aware of whatever it is you're paying attention to as you could be. And at the other end where your awareness becomes so dull that you're actually falling asleep, then we're, we're talking about where you are on this spectrum. And in your meditation, uh, you want to be fully alert and fully aware. Or let's put it this way. Uh, one of the ways that I like to use these words is to say that awareness comes in all kinds of uh, different degrees. It's the degree that we are conscious in the moment that's most important. And 
so it's it's the power of the consciousness aspect in, in that awareness that's really important. So when we meditate, what we would like to do is to cultivate more and more of that alert, fully conscious awareness, and to be on guard for the fact that whenever our mind begins to become calm and settled, there's a tendency to fall into the dullness. The, uh, another way to think of it is that we'd like to keep the energy level of our mind high, the way it is when we are uh, stimulated and active in the world. But when we sit down to meditate and become quiet, there's a tendency for the energy level of the mind to fall. And so uh, we begin to lose that clarity, we begin to lose that vividness of perception. The intensity begins to disappear. And we'll find at some point we start to sink into drowsiness or sleepiness. And so that's all on the same continuum. So when, when we're meditating, we want to be uh, to remember to be mindful of the tendency for dullness to come in whenever our concentration does start to improve. And when that happens, to raise the energy level of the mind, to do whatever we need to do, and there's different things that we can do, and to do whatever we need to do to brighten the mind up again and become fully awake and aware. <clears throat> and over time, if we do that in our meditation practice, over time, will become progressively more and more fully aware. And this will carry over into our daily life, so we have more powerful, mindful awareness in our daily life as well. And this is where we want to go to. We'll, in the process of doing that, we'll recognize that what we have been doing most of our life is going through our lives, you know, if, if, the, if we have a spectrum that goes from here to here, most of our lives, uh, the high points of when we've been in the middle of the spectrum, and a lot of the rest of the time, we're some down here, somewhere down here in the lower half. That we spend a lot of our time in our life going through in not very well-developed state of awareness. So this whole other half uh, is what's available to us if we train our minds to to pay more attention. Does that make sense to you? Thank you. Yeah. So that's that's what we want to do. And the other thing that's really important about this, there is, there is a certain advantage to go out there and walk down the street or function in the world and to be more fully aware of what is going on around you and what is in front of you. So there is some advantage to that, but the real advantage is not that. The real advantage is when you have that, that enhanced awareness and you direct it at your own mind. And you, uh, and so what that mindful awareness is doing is, is revealing the processes that are taking place so that you start to become aware moment by moment of what you're really doing and why you're doing it and whether it's really appropriate, whether it's really serving you, whether it's what you really want and need to be doing. So that, that's where the real value of it comes in. If you, if you wanted to become a samurai swordsman, then you'd make all of this awareness go out there being you know, acutely aware of the details of things happening outside of your mind. But if you want to be, if you want to be uh, an enlightened master, you turn your attention inward and you 
use that awareness to examine what's happening in the mind. Good evening. We saved that seat for you. (laughs) (laughs) Other questions? Some new faces here. Just wondering if you have any any questions or anything that, since I haven't seen you here before. I have all questions. <laughs> okay, well, wonderful. <laughs> but I'm all ignorant, so I haven't opened my mouth yet. <laughs> well, my my focus mm-hmm. has been on being present. Has been on which? Being present. Being, being present. Being yeah. In the now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the meditation that I've done in the past, which has never been uh, uh, formal, mm-hmm. uh, has always been toward being able to not think while I do it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, well, I was hearing you talk about being fully aware when you meditate, and I, I don't know how to relate that to the way I've meditated, which which I. I've never looked at how aware I was when I kind of put my mind on that hook, mm-hmm. and it allows me to stop thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never thought of it in terms of uh, awareness. I, I think in terms of awake and asleep rather than mm-hmm. aware. Well, that, that's a, yeah, that would, that's <laughs> the same spectrum I was talking about. I did say at this end was drowsiness and falling asleep. And the other end is being wide awake, as wide awake as you can possibly be. So it really is the same spectrum there. And what you said about uh, your approach to meditation has been being present, that is, that really is the essence of all meditation. All these, all the different ways that we meditate are all, they're just different ways of trying to bring ourselves into being fully present. So, like with the meditation on the breath, the breath is what's happening right now, and it's it's actually uh, in the practice that uh, the way that I encourage most people to do it. It's not even a meditation on the breath, which is a concept and an abstract idea. It's the meditation on the sensations of the breath. And the sensations of the breath are immediate; they're right now. They're constantly changing; they're never the same two instants in a, a row. It's just a constant process of changing sensation. And so to meditate on the breath is a way of training yourself to be in the present. Practicing mindful awareness in your life is a way of training yourself to be fully present. What's really happening right now? And um, so all, all of meditation is trying to bring us in this direction. And uh, one of the purposes of being fully present is uh, the, the spiritual goal of meditation is to achieve uh, insight into the way things really are and to have that experience of knowing the truth, which, as they say, you know, the truth will set us free. And, uh, and, and it will, uh, although we have to take that on faith until we have the experience of it. But... Uh, the truth is what's happening now. The truth isn't thoughts that you may have of a past that doesn't exist anymore or a future that 
uh, will probably never exist in the sense that you think of. You know, truth is to be found in the present moment, and so that's where we look for it. And a uh, very important part of meditation uh, is not just being present, but to realize that all that you are, all that you ever have been and ever will be, what really defines your life and your existence is that it is this sequence of experiences. That being and experience are the same thing, and experience is constantly changing, moment by moment. So, your approach to meditation is just right. It's perfect. <laughs> How, you know, the, but there's all these different methods that help us to be more or less successful at it. Now, thinking, there's, there, there's a lot of different things. You, you said that in meditation you try not to think. And there's a lot of things that we can mean by thinking. But you can, you can think and be present. But most of the time, our thinking is more involved with the past or the future or somewhere else. And so to the degree that we're thinking, we're generally not present. But as you learn to be present, you learn that there's different kinds of thinking, and some of those kinds of thinking are happening in the present. <clears throat> One kind of thinking is, is verbal thinking, you know, or a lot of verbal analysis. And I think we all discovered fairly quickly that um, the more verbal processing that's going on in our mind at the moment, the less aware we can be of anything else other than the meaning and content of the words that are going on in our mind. That's sort of like doing arithmetic. You know, uh, try to try to be aware of a beautiful piece of music or a sunset or something like that while you're working your way through uh, uh, a series of uh, uh, square roots starting from a thousand. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the sun will be rising before you. <laughs> uh, you know, so because this occupies a lot of our, our mental energy. But when we, when we meditate and when we stop being preoccupied with the past and the future and what's going on somewhere else with our fantasy world, so to speak. Then, the ver all the verbal self-talk starts to fall away. And there's still a kind of thinking taking place, but it's, uh, it's a more flowing kind of thinking and it fits, it synchronizes itself very, very well with the awareness that we're experiencing in, in the moment. And so we can we can then flow with the changes that are taking place and exercise whatever thinking is appropriate to that, some of which is even analytical uh, because reality presents itself to you, you're aware of it, and your mind makes associations with other things that you learn in other places. You don't have to think about it verbally, though, and, and construct a mental essay on the topic. You can just let the understandings coalesce. And, and that's the kind of thinking that, that, that ha does happen in meditation. And it gives rise to insight. We, those moments when we realize that what's happening right now 
is what's always been happening, and it's one of those things that uh, the, the spiritual teachings that we've heard are trying to tell us, and all of a sudden, there it is, right in front of us. And so I think probably when you said well, the kind of your comments about stopping thinking, you were probably uh, referring to verbal thinking. Is that right? thing is that even if the, the thing that's most difficult to do when you're overwhelmed by strong emotions is to even remember that you intend to be mindful. <laughs> but are, are, we, are we assuming that you have that recollection? In the instance well, see, what happened with this phone call? I had it before I made the phone call, and as soon as the tape came out, it was like... It's gone, it's right. <laughs> it kind of just vanished, you know. Well, when you when there's really strong emotions, and when you're lucky enough, either before you've entered into the situation that you know we're likely is likely to bring the emotions forth, or if you're fortunate enough to have the awareness of your wish to be mindful come up in the midst of those emotions. The best thing that I've ever found to do is to be conscious of the sensations that it's producing in your body. Mm. Uh, because anything else, if you, uh, you know, if you try to be aware of, I mean, emotions are already overwhelming you. Mm -hmm. And so if you try to focus your attention on the, on the emotions, then, you know, you're either going to get totally lost in them or or you're going to end up uh, uh, stirring up other kinds of emotions and you're, you're going to have conflicts about, oh, I'm angry. Well, I shouldn't be angry. I must be mad or something. Bad or something wrong with me. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. So what I think is the best thing when there's really strong emotions is to, to at least start off by being aware 
how does this make me feel? How does my chest feel right now? Mm -hmm. How does my head feel? Uh, mm -hmm. how, does, how, does my, uh, how does my throat feel? Uh, and this, this will take your mind away from those thought processes that would just otherwise rationalize and, and expand on, on emotions or getting swept up by the feelings and identifying with, well, I am angry and it's no wonder I'm angry. You know, <laughs> all, the, all that sort of thing. You're, you're, of all the things that you can be aware of, your physical sensations are, are going to be the best refuge for mindfulness in the time of really strong emotion. And if, if you can keep your mindfulness there, then that's going to, uh, it's probably going to help you uh, stay more centered. Not, not that you won't still have really strong emotions and not that you might not still say something that you regret later or leave a telephone message. That <laughs> maybe. But there is, you're, you're a little bit less likely to. But the most important thing that will happen is that by being mindfully aware of the physical sensations, you're probably providing feedback to those parts of your mind which are generating the strong emotion. Mm -hmm. And the feedback that you're providing is that, wow, this doesn't really feel very good. But what's the difference between the physical sensations and the emotion? Uh, when you said that, I thought, what's the difference? It's the same well, thing. <laughs> I don't know, that's the question. Well, because the, the, uh, the difference is subtle. We don't need to analyze the difference. But the important difference is that if you look at the physical sensations and you find your neck muscles are tense mm -hmm. and the muscles in your head are tense and your throat feels tight and it's constricted, mm -hmm. and, you know, th those feelings don't feel good. If you look at your anger as an emotion rather than looking at the physical sensations, you're more likely to get caught up. The, the anger is validating your sense of self. And it's making you feel uh, big and strong and real and, and uh, powerful and all of these kinds of things. And so if you pay attention to emotions, and that's the kind of feedback you get. I mean, that's what gets us hooked on being angry anyway. Like when you're four years old and you lose your temper and you feel really big and important <laughs> and control and everything else. And that conditions you to get angry whenever you feel like you need to have those kinds of feelings. But then on the other hand, it's kind of like, from one perspective, I mean, there is that perspective where you can just feed it, and, ah, oh, this person screwed up, and yada, 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 mm -hmm. yada, yada, that can happen. But then it's like, those desires that cause that anger, like, she did say on her message machine that she returns all calls in 24 hours or the week later. So there's that feeling, you know? And it's like, that's not, um, it's not necessarily like, what's the right word? Like, there is that tendency to say anger is bad, you know? It's bad, I shouldn't get angry at this person. But on the other hand, there's that feeling of this person had agreed to do something and didn't do it, and this has been really confusing. You know what I mean? It's complicated because I feel like I feel like there's certain feelings there that uh, are yes. like I don't <laughs> right. know. I don't know how to describe it. And not justified isn't the right word, but that are like not to be ignored or not to be like it's giving you a message. You know, it's like it's about something that's 
play or something. Well, let's just leave it at, at this, that if you can see that there's a value in not being completely overwhelmed by anger, mm -hmm. and if you would like to have more control over your anger, the most useful thing that you can do when you're angry is to focus your attention on the ways in which it's not really serving you and it's not really helping you. And one of the really easy ones to get at mm -hmm. is that it doesn't feel good physically to be angry. I guess I'm not really interested in putting like a good or a bad on it, you know what I mean? It's, like it's, not, it's not about good or bad, it's about whether <laughs> the degree to which it's serving you. And right now, If you're a person who is being overwhelmed by anger, the fact is, right now, you would like to have some control over those mental processes so that you're not overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all you're doing is you're looking at a way of, of using your mind to bring a little bit more balance. Mm -hmm. Okay? And if the situation that exists is that it's overbalanced in the direction of becoming overwhelmed by anger, mm -hmm. in order to help balance it, you've got to put something on the other side of the scale. But it, Yeah, and it's kind of also a question of not just reacting as to and seeing it and being like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> rather than just reacting. That was more what I was interested yeah. in, that thing of, of having just reacted. And then well, see, what... What will happen if, if you, <clears throat> through mindful awareness, you make those parts of your mind which generate these emotions, uh, if, if you provide them with the feedback of the effect that their activities are having, mm -hmm. then this will help to this will help to create more of a balance over time. And what will happen? You don't need to make any judgments. Yeah, All you need to do is really let, really let the light of conscious yeah. awareness reveal the effect that's actually being produced in the moment. And then later on, uh, you'll find that this has by itself produced a, a change. 